This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Today on NASCAR America, scan all Charlotte does not disappoint. We will hear what caused a pair of crew chiefs to snap at their drivers. Plus, a closer look at Denny Hamlin's Martinsville paint scheme and what the playoff driver expects from Talladega this weekend. And we are joined live by special guest Brendan Gaughan. What does his future in the Xfinity Series hold and who does he see as a future star in NASCAR? Hello and welcome to NASCAR America. We are in our NBC Charlotte studios again today. Chris Devota with Jeff Burton and Nate Ryan. And we have a few different people, as you heard, making appearances throughout the hour. So we're going to have a lot of fun. But when you think of Talladega Week, I don't know if fun is what comes to drivers' minds. It's only Tuesday. What are drivers thinking knowing Talladega is looming? So I was always nervous before Talladega, especially the day of Talladega. But I think with the point system that you have today, I think all, everybody is probably more nervous. I think that the intensity level on Sunday's race will be at an all-time high because the points matter so much. And by the way, if you haven't won so far this year, or if you're not in the playoffs, this is a chance for you to have success. You're not going to like seeing this, so. Jeff. By the way, <laughs> yeah. well, listen, this is a this could this last a, a yeah. low light reel. This could this could uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of drivers that could probably sit right here with me and go through this themselves. Yeah, why are we picking on Jeff? I don't know. Um, I would say the only thing it's, that drivers aren't nervous about, Jeff, this weekend, Krista, I, I think it's that the weather. Have, the weather, <laughs> yeah, the weather looks good, but it's not a cutoff race. They don't have to be nervous so much about where they finish. Obviously, they want to finish well, but if they don't finish well, it's not the end. It's, but I think I think that makes it worse. Really? Because at the cutoff, at least at the cutoff race, you know where you are. The positives well, here. Think like about you still it. have Kansas if you if you perform. Poorly. I know, but when you went to the cutoff, when Talladega was a cutoff race, you knew your situation, right? You knew what you had to do. Mm -hmm. Well, now you don't know. So how do you approach Talladega? Are you going to look back and say, "Oh my God, we we it didn't was, make, yeah. we didn't make the race, we didn't make the next round because of what we did at Talladega"? Because we had no idea that was going to happen to Kansas. Yeah. So I think it's actually worse. But there's less to think about. I mean, l last year you're thinking about do we sandbag if you're the Gibbs cars? Do you have I don't to run know. Up front if I you're not. I feel like, like there's less to think. If about. I if I just let you guys go and we come back to this because <laughs> we have an hour, they could still be debating this very topic. Oh, so we're going to go ahead and move on. It's a sport of emotions and competition, but right now it is also a sport of math. The only driver who isn't worried going to Talladega is Martin Truex Jr. He's into the round of eight after that win Sunday at Charlotte. It's especially important to him and his crew chief Cole Hearn because they know all too well how tough super speedway racing can be. I think Martin's like over 100 in speedway races. So I know we've had a couple ones we've got close, but man, we're uh, average finish wise, we're pretty terrible. So. Uh, you know, for us not to have to worry about that, and, and it's just the randomness of what can happen. But you know, I, we always feel like we're in the randomness. So, you know, definitely uh, doesn't make you comfortable. I know everybody in the media makes a big deal about the bonus points, but all of a sudden, you know, we look at you know what happened to the 18 today. We have a day like that, and then boom, we go to Talladega, and you know, all of a sudden we're going to Kansas, sweating it. So to come out of here and know we're in the spot we're in is massive, absolutely massive. 
Truex has made 50 starts on plate tracks in his career, the closest he's gotten to that plate win, uh, the near miss in the 2016 Daytona 500. So, Nate, that's what Cole Pern had to say. He used the word massive, and we said that. We said they're the only team who really can sleep this week or at least sleep this weekend at Talladega. How do you feel like what, what Martin is feeling here on Tuesday? I think he's feeling the same way Cole Pern is. Obviously, he's not worried at all. They feel a ton of relief, and I did the uh, sit-down interview with him after the Charlotte win. We're going to see a little bit of that later in the, uh, the scandal segment. But I think what he also feels, Jeff, is he doesn't have to necessarily be a nice guy. Um, he can go out there and be a bulldozer and just, you know, get to the front and try to win the race. He's got nothing to worry about. And he said that in past races, that 0 for 50 streak in uh, restrictor play tracks, he feels as if he's been too nice and too deferential to other drivers. And that typically you see that the guys who are aggressive and making moves, boneheaded moves that get other people in trouble, those are the guys who often win races. And I think we might see a different Martin Truex Jr. on Sunday, a guy who's more aggressive and making those kinds of moves because he can. Yeah, well, he has nothing to lose, right? He right. has only to gain. He, he, he knows the importance of the playoff points. He knows how important it is to have them. And so this is an opportunity to go get them. And if he doesn't go out there, then somebody else is going to be getting them. And, and they know that, and they understand and respect that just because they've had that lead, that doesn't mean they're going to Miami Homestead. That, it means they have an advantage, but other people can catch up. Yeah, absolutely, especially when we get to that. He knows he's moving on to the next round, but just because you get to that next round doesn't mean how you're going to succeed in that round. So when you look at these stats, 25 starts and 11 DNFs, but I don't think that's that unusual. I, I think that if you look at how many times you're in a wreck, I always looked at it as 50-50. I said, you know, I got a 50% chance of being in a wreck. And I went through one year, and I had the, I think I had an average finish at, at, at Daytona and Talladega of like five point something one year. And I did everything the same way the next year, and I got in a wreck every single race. <laughs> and that's the randomness of it. That's what we heard Cole Pern talking about. It's very random whether you get into it or not. And, and, and that's, what is, that's what scares the teams the most. If you go to, if you go to Kyle Busch and say, hey, do you think you're better than everybody else? Well, of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. what, what about Talladega? You know, it doesn't matter if I'm better than everybody else. I'm going to get in the wreck that you caused that I had nothing to do with. Why is it me? Why did I just cause the wreck? Why not Nate? Because Jeff already caused all the wrecks. We saw that earlier. Well, he oh could cause a wreck. Yeah, yeah I just felt like I felt very like, oh, my goodness. Why is it me? Because you've seen me drive. That's probably the reason. NASCAR's social media today uh, buzzing over Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s birthday. Happy birthday to Dale Jr. His former crew chief, Steve Latart, tweeted, I guess this is a picture of Junior fixing the air conditioning in their trailer a few years ago. I feel like Stevie was saving that, you know, saving that up just for this day. He's four years old, yeah. I think, yeah, I think oh my God, that's that true, marked. from 2013. <laughs> uh, also wishing him well today, William Byron, one of his drivers at Junior Motorsports, and Alex Bowman, who will take over Junior's 88 car next season in the Cup Series. Another Junior Motorsports driver, Elliot Sadler, also wished Boss Man Dale Boss Man Dale, a happy birthday while mentioning that he's working really hard on his gift. Hmm. Wonder what that could be. What do you give Dale Jr.? An Xfinity champion owners. You know, there you owners. go. Yeah. That would be. That would work. That would be the one. Yeah, Dale is 43 years old today, so that means he's still trying to catch up to the rest of us. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dale. Up next, we are joined by a special guest. Today's a big day in Las Vegas. The NHL's Golden Knights have their home opener tonight. You know who else is pretty big in Vegas? This guy. This guy. Brendan, stick around. You're coming up. Okay, buddy? Hey guys, I'm Brendan Gaughan, driver number 62, South Point Casino Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. Here's three things you don't know about me. One, you probably don't know, or maybe you do, that I wear my Georgetown practice jersey under my fire suit every week. Two, 
I'm a dive master for Lake Norman Scuba. And three, I'm a second degree black belt in karate. Three things are enough to learn about Brendan Gone. I feel like we knew this. I think you have to come up. You have to dig deeper next time, Brendan, because we, we knew those things, but those are good ones. You're a very well-rounded individual. Whoa, whoa. What, what, how are we using that term? No, I meant very, um, you, you have a lot of different hobbies. No, you have a lot of different hobbies. Okay, just checking. Just checking. Just making sure. Hi, you walked right into that I one. Did, I, I mean, did. You, Listen, you. here's the thing. If it makes you feel better, Jeff gave me a little jab earlier, not on camera. So I feel like we're just kind of spreading the love. Ooh. But Brendan, Brendan Gaughan joins us uh, from his hometown of Las Vegas. So, so thanks for being with us. So you can certify, if I want to learn how to scuba dive, you can certify me? Is that what, is that, what that means? I can do everything but give you the sign of the cross and certify. I teach the class, and the instructor, Andrew Katsamis, who owns Lake Norman Scuba, he'd be right next to me. i do all the teaching, and he would say you're certified when you're done. Gotcha. Is that on your list Yes, now? That, that, That's that, on your that, list? We'll, I'll talk to you this winter. Okay. Come on, Jeff. Let's go. Let's go. Brandon, I know last Saturday. Those are, we can't get into scuba diving stories because I have some really bad ones. I, I, I would love to say I'm not a good <laughs> scuba diver, but the fact I'm still here... <laughs> Makes me feel like I did okay, but it is a comedy of errors, that's for sure. Um, last Saturday was tough for you. I know missing the, the next round of the Xfinity Series playoffs by just one point. How long did it take for you to get over it? I, I, or not over it, I guess. How are you feeling right now a few days removed? <clears throat> Look, I've been doing this. Jeff, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, I think it's really cool what NASCAR has done with this point system. One point, and I was on Elliott Sadler's bumper. One more lap, I think I have a chance to pass him. And I heard Brandon Jones, my teammate, did his hardest trying to pass Ryan Reed with a couple laps to go. I mean, you know, everybody tried. And, and if we were a little bit better, guess what? We wouldn't be in this position. So it's all right. That, that's the way life goes. We, uh, we just missed it. But I think the big winner here was the fans. I mean, that, uh, I mean, <laughs> that, talk about a battle. I mean, that we, me and Ryan were, what, next to each other for 50, 60 laps of that race? Um, either one in front of the other, battling underneath each other. So, I mean, the fans get the big winner. What a great deal with the playoffs. You know what? I'll still smile. I still get to race cars for a living. I still love what I do, and it made it exciting for everybody. Well, Brendan, it was fun to watch. I know you were disappointed not to transfer on, and I, I guess what I'm wondering is when you look back at the, th the first three races, what race do you look at and say, God, there was that one <laughs> spot. That's where it was. Is there one, one particular incident? You know, you, you can do that and you'll drive yourself absolutely crazy. And you know that better than most. Um, the one thing I would do is I would have made Fat Boy buy new bologna before Kentucky. The food poisoning at Kentucky had to slow me down a couple spots. <laughs> but uh, you know what? It, it, it's it, look, life is what it is, man. Things happen in life. You roll with the punches. And, and I, I still sit here smiling. I still love what I do. And it's, come on. It, it was that exciting that it came down to my teammate trying, me trying to get Sadler on the last lap. I mean, it's man that, that you couldn't ask for anything better for the fans. Well, the perspective you have is just unbelievable. And now you do continue to race. So what is your strategy um, for the rest of the season and, and how you attack uh, the, the races that are left? You know, uh, the rest of the year is basically go out and try to win the thing. You know, go out and win the race. We haven't won this year. Go out there and battle through it and, and you know, get a, get a shot to win a race and be a spoiler. Show that we, you know, man, I'll tell you what, though. I don't know if it would hurt worse if we won a race in the next three races that we would have advanced to Homestead right. with a win. I don't know if that would make me feel better or worse, <laughs> but I still want to put that South Point Chevy in victory lane. So we're going to do that, and we're going to work hard to do it. Well, winning's always a good thing, right? That that that's never going to be bad. But uh, so we we talked, we heard about RCR. They 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 kind of started talking about their driver lineup next year. Uh, what are your plans going into next year? 
You know, this is really unusual for us, Jeff. We've waited a lot longer than normal. I know I'm going to run those four races for Mark Beard and the Beard Oil team in that 75 car at the restrictor plates. Um, I know I'm going to do that. I've already told them that I'd be back next year to do those four races. Um, I've had, I tell you what, I haven't had as much fun in, in, in Cup in years, Jeff, as I am with those folks at Beard Oil. And what that team is doing with their one employee and the one race car, it's so much fun. So I'll be doing that. And then I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the Xfinity Series yet. I have a home in Richard, and, and that's where I, you know, I told Richard that I don't plan on, on leaving until I'm done. So we, uh, we're still not 100% lined up with what we're going to do but uh i i can promise you those four races and and maybe you know we'll we'll, we'll see what the next few weeks hold well, all of that experience and that perspective we talk about, we know that goes a long way to some of those young drivers, especially the ones with RCR. Daniel Hamrick, your teammate, still in the playoffs. What kind of things are you offering to him or, or can you offer as he continues? You know, Daniel's got a really good head on his shoulder, especially for as, as inexperienced as he is, but he's older. He's kind of like I was when I came out. He's 25. He's not the 18, 19-year-old. So he's got a little bit more life experience. He's worked a little bit longer to get to this point. So he's got a good head. I think he knows to make sure to keep the bites manageable. That's what we tried to do with the South Point Chevy. And the manageable bite, we missed by one point. So I'm just going to keep reminding him to be manageable. It's not like our RCR Chevy's been up there competing for wins right now. So what he has to do is give what the race car can take him, take the bites, you know, and keep them manageable. So when he gets to the last round at Phoenix, he has a manageable bite to advance to Homestead. And once you're at Homestead, hey, all hands on deck, anything can happen. So I'm assuming you're telling him not to eat old bologna as well. I, I just assuming that that's a given. <laughs> don't don't let Fatboy cook. Okay. Don't let so, Fatboy cook. So so you mentioned RCR. You know you're not the, the teams really aren't contending for wins right now. What 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 are you missing? Where is the speed? Hmm. Jeff, come on. If we could answer that. I'd, I'd make more than a million dollars by selling it to somebody and, and making it work. We're working hard over there. Richard works hard. You know how hard Richard works yes. to make his teams you know, function and work better, and we're working hard on it. They're trying things every day. I had a brand-new race car at Charlotte with a, with a different design of some things, and I really liked what I felt. Um, but it takes more than just one piece. It's a package. And if you change one thing, you have to change five or six things to make it work. So it's, it's not anything that's going to happen overnight or immediate. We've got work to do, and, and I, I like what I see on the horizon for RCR. I see really good things coming. It just, you know, wasn't fast enough for me. Hey, going back to scuba diving, because I just thought of this, and I know this has nothing <laughs> to do with racing. Have you ever been on a dive trip and surfaced to the wrong boat and realized you're not even near the boat you're supposed to be on? I mean, just hypothetically. No, ma'am. No, ma I've... I've no, I've never hypothetically done that. Um, I just went to 300 feet last week or two wow. weeks ago in, uh, in the Caymans. We did a 300-footer, and no, I have never come up at the wrong location yet, Christy. You hey, need I to mean, come diving with me in Lake Loma Scuba Bar. I never we'll said that right. I did that. I just said hypothetically had that ever happened. Did they let you on the boat? No. <laughs> if, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, they did. Uh, and the a other friend of mine had to come says once, but I've never had that friend. Okay, so realize what we've realized oh. is Jeff Burton is not going to go scuba diving with me anytime soon. Probably not. No. Probably not. We're not done with Brendan Come yet. Come on with me, Jeff. Going... We'll take you. <laughs> Brendan's going to stick around to talk about his hometown, a big game tonight. We'll try to bring some healing uh, to the Strip in Las Vegas. We're going to talk to that and more with Brendan when we continue here on NASCAR America. And also why Talladega keeps grown men up at night. Yeah, these images are part of the reason why. That and more when NASCAR America returns.
Wednesday night rivalry makes its season debut in a star-studded clash between Sidney Crosby's Pittsburgh Penguins and Alex Ovechkin's Washington Capitals. Coverage begins Wednesday at 7.30 Eastern on NBCSN. That is tomorrow's Wednesday night rivalry matchup. But here on NBCSN, we are all about hockey. There's a big game tonight, too. And Brendan Gaughan will be watching. The Xfinity Series driver is a Las Vegas native. And tonight, Brendan, your city becomes a hockey town. Have you seen, like, hockey jerseys and, and just the talk <laughs> amongst the town really ramp up? Yeah, absolutely. It's, they've been Hell, the preseason games were almost sold out at the T-Mobile. I mean, everybody's excited about it. And is tonight the, I think tonight's the Red Wings game, so that's a, that's a big deal, man, to have the Detroit Red Wings in town uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's going to be awesome. Um, they're packing the house, and come on, we got hockey in a packed house in Las Vegas. You know the world has definitely changed uh, if, if that's what you're talking about. So that, that, that sounds like fun. Maybe we should go to Vegas tonight. Uh, that's a good idea. So, Ray Brennan, Let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious. You have a unique perspective in this sport. You've been a cup driver. You've been an Xfinity driver. Uh, you, you've seen a lot of things. You've driven for Roger Penske, for Richard Childress. I'm curious what you feel like the state of the Xfinity Series is today. What's the health of it? What's the strengths? What's the weaknesses? You know, I, I think that right now we have way more good, great race car drivers than we do race teams. That's the hardest part is there's a lot of great race car drivers, whether it's Cup or Xfinity or anything. The, the crop of young talent, older talent, middle-aged talent is amazing right now. So the the driving health of the sport is amazing. I think that what we have to do is try to teach the team owners and the sponsors and everybody, you know, we all see that ratings are down, but I think we're seeing ratings and, and attendance is down in every sport in the world. And I think one of the main reasons is right here. They need to find a way to start giving, start giving ways to meter the sport that are online. NASCAR embraced social media way before many of the other sports, and especially technology to, to stream the races, the in-car cameras, the radio. You can listen. My wife every week listens to me from home with the kids on her phone and can hear the radio conversation that you know used to only be able to get at the track. So I think that NASCAR needs to find a metric to help measure that, how many people are paying attention. But as far as the health of it, I'm, I feel pretty solid about it. You got a lot of strong race teams. I think you got probably 25 to 30 good teams out there every week. Um, and the top of the sport, you know, look at, look at what you got. You got Junior with a bunch of great race cars, Gibbs, Childress. Uh, you know, there's some strong stuff at the very top. Stuart Haas has a car. So I think the health is, is a, a, above a healthy point. Um, but that can change in a light switch. You got to really be careful and be proactive. Well, I want Jeff to actually stick out with the racing and whether that's Talladega or other questions you have for Brendan, because I know I have some questions um, going back to Las Vegas, but it feels like we're kind of on a racing, a racing topic sure. right now. So, so you need a new uh, uh, phone, phone screen, by the way. Your screen's cracked, broken. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. But, but the, you see the, the cracks? Yeah. <laughs> so I know you're not. I know you're, so what about Talladega? I mean, the, Daytona, Talladega. Love it. Uh, I think it's so <laughs> hard it. for drivers to, to explain the <laughs> intensity of that. So. You, you say you love it. Obviously, you do because you're, you're running the cup races it. there. But what is so hard about those races? Because it's not in our control. We are control freaks, Jeff. You know this. I, when I have that steering wheel, I'm controlling it. I'm the one turning left, making the decisions. And at Talladega and Daytona, all those decisions aren't in my hand. <laughs> you know, you're at the mercy of other things. But you know what? It's so much fun. To nowadays, it's the great equalizer. 15 years ago, the great equalizer was Martinsville, Richmond. Now the great equalizer is restrictor plates. Go get a good, do what Mark Beard's doing. He owns one race car. 
We get one good ECR motor, we get one race car, and you just run the heck out of the stuff and, and anything can happen, including a single car team finishing seventh and 11th at Daytona this year. So I, I absolutely, you know, I enjoy racing it. I've had great luck, I've had horrible luck. I've had almost a great, oh, that, I'd call that a good save. <laughs> um, you know, so I mean, I, that was Talladega this year. You know, with Ryan Reed, that was running second, and we got wrecked in front of the field with nothing un, under our own power. So I mean, those can happen. Things can happen in this sport, but you know what? It's still so much fun to be a part of, and I love the fact that I can go with Mark Beard in a Chevrolet with one, a team with one race car, really maybe two people that work on it all year, and bring a team of guys and go run in the top ten. I enjoy the heck out of it. I got no pressure. Everybody else should want to push me because I got no pressure. So, so what do you think it'll be like this weekend with, with, the, with the stage points and with the, you know, this being the middle of a three-race tournament, I call it, playoff? What, what do yeah. you expect? I expect chaos. How about you? You know, I expect a lot of people running for a lot of things. You got guys that are, are at the back half of that those final eight spots that are going to be working their tail off, trying to find a way to get in. You've got you've got chaos everywhere right now, and I think you're going to see guys working hard to get stage wins, bonus wins, points to move up, move down. So I think you're going to see a lot of hard racing, especially at the end of the stages. And I'm I'm just running to make sure I get I want to get to the finish and run hard at the end and lead some laps along the way and, and maybe make a little noise in there and make people uh, maybe make them nervous maybe make them happy. <laughs> we talk about hard racing. There's some hard times going on in your city right now too. We talked about how the city is sort of um, lifted by the hockey game. There's a lot of hockey fans. I know that um, it's coming off of of a week that's just unfathomable with with what you've been through with what the city's been through you are a part of the vegas collection of drivers who are, who are trying to give back and, and heal your city you know uh, spencer spencer gallagher started a deal drivers for vegas.com where they've got some of the t-shirts and stickers that were given to the zappos foundation um so that's a deal the commissioner sislak in town his gofundme page last i looked was over 10 million dollars um, we ran the vegas stronghood last weekend um, thank you to Richard for letting us do, you know, put that on at the last second. Uh, you know, it's look, it, Vegas is, is an amazing place. I'm born and raised here. My family's been here since the 40s. It's been so good to us. And seeing the outpouring of love from all over the world for, for Vegas has been, has been very, very special. We've always tried, Vegas has the motto right now, we've always tried to be there for you guys during the good. Thank you for being there for us during the bad. And, and things are, are just starting to go back. You know, life is starting to keep going. We got hockey. We have other events, other concerts, other things happening. And life will go on and Vegas will be even stronger. So we, we saw you and your family reach out trying to help some of the families uh, during during the, the terrible times. Is that just you guys being part of Vegas, reaching out? I mean, where does that where does that compassion come from? Well, uh, normally we wouldn't be as loud about things, but this we needed to make sure people knew that they do it. And there are still people at the hotel that that are are there on on the deal of of uh, for what happened a couple weeks ago. We've we've had over I think five or six hundred room nights now. Um, people are still at the South Point doing it. But look, my dad, going back to the 80s when the MGM fire happened, we closed down the Barbary Coast and made it a triage unit um, for the fire department and everybody using the whole ground floor. Uh, my grandfather in the, in the 50s and 60s did things, you know, that when, when things were required. We don't need to be as loud about it. We're not trying to say, hey, come look at us. But we're, we're there for our town when they need us. They've always been there for us. And we're there for people. It, it's, it's not a PR move. It's not a, a, hey, look at us move. It's just... Look, this is this is the right thing to do, and we're we're glad we can be there to help, and we're glad we have the ability to help. 
Yeah, and I think anyone who knows you, Brendan, knows that's the case. You're not just a resident of Vegas. You are embedded. Your family, you talk about your dad, your grandfather, um, have done so much uh, for the city over the years. So um, I, I know you're doing everything you can. And, and the hockey team, we do want to point out their game tonight, the home opener, uh, no advertisements. They're, they're limiting the advertisements, I think, on the boards to, um, to try to give the message out, to try to raise money and, and take care of people there. There won't be any advertisements on the boards tonight um, from the, the uh, social media account of the Vegas Golden Knights. So we, uh, we're thinking of you, we're thinking of your city, and um, we just want to thank you for, for joining us and, and giving us some of your time today, Brendan. Thank you for having me on, guys. Anytime you need me, just call. It's real quick, close to my house. I can be here. Listen, careful what you say because we may take you up on that. Our thanks to KSNV TV, by the way, from Las Vegas for allowing Brendan to, uh, to come in and, and spend some time with us today. Up next, Pete Pistoni of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio joins the show with his takeaways from Sunday's race. Hey. If you're not a morning person, perhaps this will help. You can catch NASCAR and NBC personalities every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern on The Morning Drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni only on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. And we are now joined by Pete Pistoni, who, as usual, has some questions we're going to discuss here with Jeff Burton. Pete, let's start with the first one you have. Who are who have the big three, which, of course, is Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson. Who of those three do you think is most susceptible to a stumble the rest of the way in the playoffs? You know, and that's the question I've been sort of wrestling over, uh, Nate. I'm trying to find an Achilles heel on those three. And I know I sound like a financial planner when I say past performance maybe doesn't dictate future success. But I look at the tracks that we're coming up to, and I'm first of all, Truex Jr., I can't find any hole there at all. I think they're pretty much bulletproof. But when you look at Kyle Busch and you look at Kyle Larson, I think the only thing that might trip up either of those guys is what we saw the last couple of weeks pit crew problems, like with Kyle Larson, when he had the problem on pit road with his uh, tire changer tripping and falling and those kinds of things. If they can avoid that, I think those three guys are going to be the three they are going to make it to Homestead, and I'm trying to find a, a hole, and I, I can't find one in those three guys right now. Yeah, I, I, for, for me, I think it all revolves around Talladega. I, I, I think that we saw last week that with Kyle Busch having his problem, you know, everybody's assumed that those three are going all the way to Miami Homestead. I've been saying it's not that easy. One mistake, and now it's a different ball game. And I, I think that Talladega is the big question. And when you ask me who can get through Talladega without a problem, I have no idea. Because right. I can tell you that every time I sat in a race car <laughs> going to Talladega, I had no idea what was going to happen. So I, I certainly don't – it's hard to base an opinion. Some of it's blind luck, to be honest. Some of it, you know, getting to that wreck at Talladega is blind luck. So I think that's the big stumbling block. If those three get through Talladega – they're going to move to the next round. I, I think at this point, guys, it's got to be Kyle Busch. I mean, just based off of what happened at Charlotte, given that Kansas has not been the most favorable of racetracks for him in the past in the playoffs, and as Jeff just said, I mean, it all comes down to, can he get through <laughs> Talladega? We won't know until Sunday. If he doesn't, then I think he's in big trouble. Uh, second question about the PJ1 uh, traction compound that was applied at Charlotte. Uh, there was a poll question on Sirius XM. Should they apply the PJ1 to other racetracks? Right now, Jeff, it's coming in 59%. No, they shouldn't. I know Dale Earnhardt Jr. had some thoughts on this post-race on Periscope. I know you have some thoughts as well about should NASCAR continue to apply PJ1 traction compound? Well, obviously what happened on, on uh, Friday in practice is something that, that can't happen. I mean, if you're going to lay the material down, it needs to work. There's no question about that. That, to me, 
is the only fly in the ointment, is what happened on that Friday and why does it take a little while for it to activate? But if you want to argue that the race wasn't better, then, then you and I are going to argue all day long because we can talk about, well, it was a day race and they were going to run all over the racetrack anyway. Well, how do you explain Saturday night's race in the Xfinity Series when they were running all over the racetrack at Charlotte Motor Speedway when it was not a hot day, it was not sunny, that track got really wide during the Xfinity race. How do you explain that other than PJ1? And how do you explain the races at Bristol being better other than PJ1? And how do you explain New Hampshire being better other than PJ1? So we can talk about what needs to be made better. There's no question about that. And something needs to be made better. What happened on Friday can't happen. That's unacceptable. But to say we shouldn't use it because of what happened Friday, that's taking a step back. We need to take a step forward and say, how do you fix what happened on Friday so you can take advantage of what happened on Saturday night and Sunday? Would you agree with Jeff here, Pete, enough compelling evidence to continue using it? I can agree with you on that, and I think I can understand why the fans are voting the other way, though. When you hear drivers like Dale Earnhardt Jr. say, not a big fan of it, you hear other drivers call it a gimmick, I think that might sway the fans' opinion. But the bottom line is, what you said, Jeff, if the racing's better, if the product's better, if the racing's more entertaining, why would any fan in the world have a problem with doing something to these racetracks to make the racing better? Well, and my thing is, what isn't fabricated racing? I mean, is taking downforce off fabricated racing? Right. Is adding downforce fabricated racing? Is changing the tire fabricated racing? I mean, is restricted plates at Talladega, is that fabricated racing? What isn't? What isn't done in the sport in an effort to make the racing better? I mean, I don't know the difference between putting, putting material on the track versus adding or taking downforce away or Goodyear changing a tire. I don't understand what the difference is. The bottom line is we need good, hard racing. Again, it's not without problems. But I don't think we should shut it down. What needs to happen is the problems need to be fixed so you can take advantage of the things that are so good about it. Yeah, I don't think we should shut it down either, but I also don't think we should use it everywhere because I don't think it's necessary exactly. everywhere. Exactly. I, don't, I don't think every week we should say, hey, is the PJ1 going to be used? If it makes sense, I'm with you guys. I'm with you, Jeff. We want better racing. If that works, why not use it? I'm with you. All right, well. You guys persuade me. I'm, I'm down with PJ1 for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Pete, thanks for being here. And just a reminder, Steve Letarte will be a guest with Pistol Pete and the Bagman on tomorrow's edition of The Morning Drive. You can hear that on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. Thanks again, Pete. We will talk to you next week. Always fun, guys. Thanks for the time. Coming up, I'll turn things back over to Krista. Sunday's race at Charlotte had its share of tension-filled moments. We'll revisit the first race in the round of 12 with Scan All Charlotte. NASCAR America is brought to you by E3 Spark Plugs, delivering more performance on the track and on your daily commute. What are you running? Welcome back. Some news today. A spokesman for Front Row Motorsports has confirmed that Landon Castle will not drive for the team next season. Castle currently drives the team's number 34 car. Now, Castle had this reaction about the decision. I think it's definitely upsetting. I certainly work hard for everyone, but it is the business. It is how the sport goes. It's definitely a challenging time in the sport for these teams and drivers and sponsors. We wish the best for Landon Castle. The NASCAR playoffs, of course, continue at Talladega Super Speedway, where a driver's hopes of advancing to the next round can be dashed in an instant this Sunday to Eastern on NBC. And this past Sunday, the action was in Charlotte. Let's take a listen to how that all unfolded with Scanall. 
It's a home race for most of the teams here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, getting ready for 500 miles in the Bank of America 500. I'd like to say hello to all these great fans. Thanks for coming out here and braving all this weather. Hi, uh, my brother. Still true, it's like, still winning this fight. I'll do my best out here. I know you guys will. Nice and smooth. Have a good day. Good for man. We'll take what it gives us early and work on it. Have a good one. Charlotte's such a tricky racetrack. You just never know how it could be. And so uh, I was, I was uh, cautiously optimistic, I would say. I don't have enough for a grip, center and exit. But it's been an absolute struggle for the 78 today. We were off, you know, we were flat off, so we uh, we took big swings at it. The first few stops probably gave up time on pit road doing so. Our first two sets of tires were so mismatched and so different from each other that kind of threw us off. It just shows you how crucial to get in the balance right is to, to being fast in this sport. Five, four, three. Where are you going, bud? What happened to the 42? You missed it. The 42 is coming back there. already missed the box there. Uh, oh, my fault. Sorry. How about the 48 getting very loose? Stay ahead of these guys. I'm so out of control, What do we got to do to do better on a research there, bud? I know. I know. I know. I got a great launch, and I did do good after that, so let's just move the f*** on. I just need a little better tire pressure, and I'll do better. Calm down, pal. I just said, what do we need to do to do better on our research? I'm trying to help. I, I, my pressures will help me. I'm not calm, but the slightest bit in the car right now, so I'm trying. Well, you better calm down and get something to drink, because you got a long ways to go. We've got 243 laps to go. Deep breath. What the f did you do to me? And what we did was take a half round of wedge out. Should have been equal to three tenths on the track bar. A little bit nervous about putting that wedge back in if you're tight on exit. Okay, it's out of the track. Outside 14. Outside, outside, outside. Ryan Newman spins in the 31. Got turn, got turn, coming up off two. We're done. Kyle Larson, well, he's already made his way back up into the top 10. No idea how the 42 can just drive by everybody like that. See the 78 of Martin Trex Jr. continuing to move toward the front. You know, we knew we were picking the right direction and we had to keep working on it. We were starting to make progress and at least wasn't hair on fire bad. So, uh, you know, we got the car a lot better and then uh, we were able to start making our way forward. Kevin Harvick has a 2.7 second lead over Kyle Busch. Trouble, Kyle Busch loses the car and the caution flag is out. Ah, hold it up there. Toes not the out of it, it's still, everything's rubbing. Assess the damage and clear the tires before we go start sticking bear bond on everything. And now he's mired back in the 31st position. All the tape on the deck, they stacking all the up. Just taking it off, spoiler. You focus on driving that damn thing, you hear me? We'll focus on fixing it. We're going to run all these laps. I'm just trying to help you so we can go forward, okay? Forward. You want to keep going backward? I'll make sure of that. Nobody. We're a lap down. There's nowhere to go. Kevin Harvick, winner of stage one and now stage two. Look really good. Yeah, it seems fine. Oh, oh, big hit by the 38 into Danica Patrick in the 10. It's really bad. All right, is it beyond repair then? I don't know, it's really bad. My steering wheel to the left, it feels really bad. The 78 will get out in front of the four of Harvick. I felt like from that stop on, we just, we got better every single time we hit pit road and um, that was really the key. Ready. Stop, stop. Damn it! Stop! Stop! Shake it off, folks. We have another opportunity here. Shake it off. 
Kyle Larson lost a lot under that pit stop. Captain there, our gun break? No, the carrier fell on his way over. It has been a rough day for Kyle Busch. I'm gonna need some medical attention afterward. Gonna need air and ice and cold water. This is the last thing Martin Truex Jr. wanted to see. Under a handful of laps, a sprint to the finish, so much pressure now on the pit crews. Here they come. Pit crew is amazing, man. It's, they did an awesome job. They were flawless, you know, and, and that's what you need in, in a big race like this. First race of the second round, a lot of pressure. You know, you come in with the lead a couple times. You never know, so I'm really proud of them. He's been dominant at mile and a half tracks. This time he started 17th, but they've worked their way to the front. I hear you, my brother. Victory lane today. Nice job, Mark Truex Jr. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the crew, man. You guys owned it. Yeah, buddy. I'm so proud of you guys, man. That was unbelievable. What a team effort, guys. Thank you. I didn't think it was any way we could win this race at the start, man. You guys are the best. Kyle Busch got out of his car. You can tell that it was a toll on him today. I'm really sorry, guys. Tell him to run a set on me. I'm just trying to go get it. We still got uh, 12 or 15 points on the transfer spot. Everybody on this team is amazing. You know, we just never gave up on it. We kept digging and uh, never give up attitude. I'm so proud of those guys. It's an honor to drive for them. Really happy to win here again at Charlotte. Second home. Thank all you guys for coming out. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully it was a good show. To say there was a lot going on at Charlotte last weekend. Sunday's win was a total team effort for Martin Truex Jr. in Furniture Row, and so the incredible season continues. Truex picks up his sixth win. He has led nearly 2,000 laps, and he now has 64 playoff points to help him in his race for the championship. Well, earlier today, Toyota teammate, playoff driver Denny Hamlin took part in a special unveiling at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for the upcoming race at Martinsville. Hamlin will carry a paint scheme promoting FedEx and their new partnership with Walgreens. After the event, he spoke with Marty Snyder. Well, a cool announcement at the Hall of Fame today with FedEx, Walgreens, Denny Hamlin. So tell us what's going on. Uh, it's a it's a great platform, obviously. Uh, FedEx is using their NASCAR race car to uh, show off the, the FedEx now at Walgreens uh, paint scheme that we're going to be running in Martinsville just a few weeks. So we're excited about that. Uh, you know, customers now can just drop off their packages at Walgreens to get shipped and, and no longer have to go online and set up a date for your driver to come to your house. So it makes it ultra convenient for uh, any of the FedEx customers to get their packages in and out and say you're out of town you don't want to leave it on your doorstep uh, you can you can have it dropped off at a Walgreens and pick it up all right let's talk about Charlotte this past weekend winds up being a top five for you guys I got to know you're gonna buy your guys a steak dinner for what they did on pit road I, I as I calculated I think it's like 12 spots they gained you on pit road throughout the race yeah they did a great job uh, as always they do such a great job on pit lane and um, you know it's 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 almost status quo for those guys right I mean we expect them to do that kind of work at all times, but really that number one pit stall was probably half the success that we had. Um, it, it is a, such a huge benefit being that the camera's right there at the end of uh, the number one pit stall. I mean, it's, it's car lengths that, that that is an advantage. So between them and that pit stall, I mean, that's the same pit stall we, we gained six spots two years ago and won the All-Star race with. So we knew that uh, it was very crucial to qualify well there, and it paid off. All right, let's talk about Talladega this week. No longer a cut race. I, I'm guessing that's probably a good thing. I want to know why it's a good thing, and how will that make the race play out differently on Sunday, you think? 
Well, I think it's both things you just said. It's, it's better and it's going to play out different. Um, I think that there is no laying back in this race. I think that you know nobody feels safe where they're at. Uh, so you're going to want to go up there and race for for stage points uh, because you you don't you can't guarantee that you're going to be in the field when it when the points are paid at the end of the day. So you have to do everything you can to get as many points as you can. Uh, but I, I think it'll be somewhat calm for the first two stages because people want to they want to stick around um (laughs) for the end but uh i I suspect the last 10 laps is just gonna be mayhem so no one laying back like that was smart what your teammates were doing last year but i know it frustrated you you were trying to race your way in you don't think if you're in the playoffs you can afford to lay back sunday correct Martin Truex, he's the only guy that can that, that can afford to do it. Uh, but my guess is he's got nothing to lose, so he will be uh, a guy that's going to be very aggressive uh, on Sunday, and hopefully someone that uh, will will we can work with. Uh, you know, last year that was the challenge; is my teammates were pretty much locked in, so they ran in the back of the pack, and I had to run up front and try to battle with all these other teammates all day long, and that was a that was a tough task. So. You know, we know we'll have them all up there with us on Sunday, and hopefully we can work together like we did uh, at Daytona a few years ago. For a team like yours that winds up finishing in the in the top five at Charlotte, you're comfortable. But is it really comfort even going to Talladega in a place like this? I'm in a better place than what I was entering the round. So, you know, more points plus to to the cutoff. So that's always good is to start your 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 playoff run. With a, on a good note, on a good step, uh, but we know Talladega. I mean, we could e- easily lose 30, 40 points there, and we we end up having to go to Kansas and run top five all day and uh, really log a lot of points. You just never know. We'll, we'll analyze the situation once we uh, we leave Talladega and see where we're at. So drivers are looking at points. You're telling me. Absolutely. If they're not, they're lying. (laughs) If they're not, they're lying. There you go. All the drivers worried about points this weekend in Talladega. Huge question mark. No question. Hamlin is one of many special guests we've had at the Hall of Fame this season on NASCAR America. Remember, tomorrow, Danica Patrick will join us live from the Hall at 5 Eastern. And next week, our guest is Dale Earnhardt Jr. I would say those are a couple of big-name drivers. Speaking of the birthday boy, is Talladega his final chance to make the trip to Victory Lane? We will discuss that next. As we mentioned earlier, today is Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s birthday. Many of his fellow drivers are sending their birthday wishes, including rookie Daniel Suarez. Uh, you guys know Spanish, right? I'm happy, it's a happy birthday, friend. I know what the beer mug means. You knew here. the emoji. Okay, so I knew you <laughs> would want chime in. The Washington Redskins, Dale Jr.'s favorite football team, also wished him a happy birthday. Back in August, Jr. visited their training camp and also took a few players for hot laps at Richmond Raceway. So I know Dale probably loved seeing that. And last but not least... Dale himself tweeting, I am so appreciative of the birthday wishes from everyone today. In other Dale Jr. news this past week, the Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has declared this Sunday as Dale Earnhardt Jr. Day across the entire state of Alabama. NASCAR's most popular driver has six cup wins at Talladega, the most he has at any track. And let's just keep this theme going. Brad Keselowski's paint scheme for Talladega will salute his former boss, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Brad drove for Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series from 2007 to 2009. Once Dale Jr. saw Brad's paint scheme, he tweeted, This is awesome, Brad. I appreciate you very much, my friend. So you saw the cheers to Dale had a little bit of a similar look from that, from that 88. So, Jeff, the spotlight, no question on Dale Jr. this weekend, will be bright. 
Is this a must win? Is this his last chance to win this season? Well, I wouldn't say it's his last chance because he's so good at Martinsville. And I think at Martinsville is a place where he could he could get a win. Um, but I think that the fans believe this is his best chance. And, and, and this is, although he's not from Talladega, this is his hometown race. <laughs> uh, by far, the people in the grandstands are Dale Jr. fans. So he's been so good on restricted plate races I wonder how much he's putting on himself, and I wonder the approach he's going to take to this race, because I don't think we've seen the Dale Jr. of old this year. I don't think he's been quite as aggressive. When you, so you spoke about it earlier in the race, how you have to be cutthroat to win these races. I really think that we're going to see that Dale Jr. in this race. Yeah, Talladega is the capital of Junior Nation. You're absolutely <laughs> correct, Jeff. This is his hometown track. But what's interesting to me is he hasn't really been playing this race up much as a place where he could win. When we've asked him about this this season, since he's been out of the playoffs, he said he's looking more at, te at Texas. He's looking more at Martinsville. Even though he has, as you see here, six wins at Talladega, ranking him second all-time to his father. I think the thing is that none of those wins has occurred since 2009. Right. And so I think it's been a while since he's, or I'm sorry, since 2015, I think was his last win there. And I think that He's maybe in, in, fearing a little bit, Krista, that he might be jinxing it if he talks about it too much, and there's not a lot of confidence there based on his recent record. So that was, I guess, my question, and knowing that, do you feel like he's sort of protecting himself? Like, okay, if I, I kind of so. keep the yeah. bar set low, even though everyone knows what he can do there, anything above that is... Yeah, I mean, the yeah. moral support's already going to be there regardless. I, what's so hard about Daytona and Talladega, and, I, and I've experienced this before, when I knew I was going to Talladega for the last time, I, I honestly was happy if I didn't get on my roof. I mean, I mean, I mean, I have to admit, I mean, it's you, you know, I went through a whole career without having a terrible accident and I didn't I didn't want to have it then. And, you know, it's it's so easy for it to happen. And it's very difficult going restricted to plate racing, knowing you're about to end your career. So you do not want us to show those highlights that we started the show with? We're well, not I don't care. End. It's funny now. No. It wasn't funny then, but now it's funny. And we also learned today Nate is down with PJ1. We're going to make T-shirts. Nate is down with PJ1. Thank you so much for joining us. That's it for today's NASCAR America. Don't forget, tomorrow, 5 p.m., we'll be live at the Hall of Fame with Danica Patrick. We will see you then. Thanks for joining us. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.